0: Hey guys, I want to start my podcast by telling you about a great way to start your day, Four Sigmatic Coffee. Four Sigmatic mixes 100% Arabica beans with functional Chaga mushrooms to brew a delicious cup of coffee that provides all the benefits of a caffeine boost without making you feel jittery or crashing from a previous sugar high. Enhance your focus, mood, and immune system all in one go. By the way, the Chaga adds incredible nutrition but not any mushroom flavor and four sigmatic sells more than just coffee also protein cacao you know chocolate elixirs super powders and blends giving you a myriad of ways to add a bit of health to your routine my personal favorite is the protein powder cacao flavor i mix it with frozen strawberries and almond milk to make a chocolate smoothie breakfast that fills me up without weighing me down and i'm dead serious I tried several brands of both whey and plant-based protein powders, and Four Sigmatic tastes the best, by far. Try it. If you don't like it, no worries. Four Sigmatic will get your money back. And Four Sigmatic makes it easy to keep the goods in stock with a subscription service that over 100,000 people use today. Sign up for one at go.foursigmatic.com fwcars and get an additional 10% off your first order. That's a total of 30% off your first order and 20% off every recurring order if you head to go.foursigmatic.com fwcars. That's go dot foursigmatic slash fwcars And yes, I will have a link in the description. Doing so supports the podcast and supports good health. Kind of nice that it tastes good, too. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 340 of the Fun with Cars Motorsports Podcast, or episode 2 of 2023. I'm Robin Warner, and today I interview Wayne Taylor Racing's Ricky Taylor. We'll discuss his first race in the new GTP Class Acura prototype and how the 24 race unfolded in his eyes. And let's drive right in. Ricky Taylor, driver of the Wayne Taylor Racing. Acura ARX06, I believe it is called now, it is a GTP car, it's no longer a DPI car, and it's been a great start to the season, almost perfect, how, how have you been?
1: Yeah, good, thanks, you know, actually, not to correct you, but and with Andretti Autosport also now, so, some news, yes. Um, yes. so yeah, first, first event with the new name and new partnership with Andretti Autosport, um, and like you said, it was almost perfect. Um to go going into that race, everybody was excited, but nobody had confidence that we were gonna that you know all the GTP cars are gonna make it through without some significant issues. And in the end of the race, it's amazing, you know, the two Acura's ha- and hats off to everybody at HPD and and WTR with Andretti and and Meyer Schoenck that you know, our two cars were flawless. It was like a DPI race all over again. And we did not expect
0: that. Yeah. I mean, not only you guys, but uh, Cadillac as well. They were proved to be your main competitors, not Porsche, not Penske Porsche and not um, uh, Ray Hall and the BMW either. I, I was not that I didn't expect you guys to be competitive and front runners, but I didn't expect you guys to be with Cadillac again after all this buildup to yeah. having BMW and Porsche join, so that was a I was, surprise.
1: I was thinking the same thing uh, when the race was coming down to the end, and it was the normal players. It was uh, it was the sixty, it was the ten, it was the 0-1. It was you know Ranger and Philippe and Blomqvist. and um, I think it just goes to show what a high level uh, the WeatherTech Series has been, uh, you know, functioning at for the past couple of years. That, you know, it's hard, even with Penske going up for a few years to come back, it's it's hard to come back and be right at the top level again. Um, I mean, surely, the, you know, the car was fast. They had, you know, a very good car with Tandy at the end that was looking strong. Uh, but it just goes to show that, you know, the the constant players are are always going to be there. And it was pretty cool to see, uh, you know, Ganassi and, and against the Akfirs once again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Ray Hall as well, you know, they've been in the series, but in the GTD class, I suppose, most recently GTD Pro. So they knew the series, but they didn't know the cars.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I think, you know, they did a great job. I think the, the BMW was sort of the latest to the show of, you know, getting, uh, getting on track in terms of development. So uh, I think they probably have the most to improve. And I think they know it. And so by Sebring, it could be a very different story. So I'm excited to get to Sebring, but uh, I think it's going to be, it's going to be tough. I think, uh, you know, we had such a great 24 hour and going to Sebring, everybody's going to be, you know, learning a lot from
0: what happened in Daytona. So I want to get into that, but I, tell me just, I want to tell me just a little bit more about this, what would you call it? Partnership with Andretti? How, how would you describe it?
1: yeah I think you know when we first started this l m d h project with acura and h p d and w t r it was shocking how involved and how technical these cars are uh in terms of you know technology but also in terms of how many people are required to run it at such a high level uh, we showed up for the first test and i think there were ninety people at the track wow. and we looked <laughs> everybody looked at each other like this is not the same situation as we're used to and there's so much more that goes into it and I think Andretti has been expanding and they want to get into sports car racing and what better way than with a a proven team as WTR and from WTR's side having a technical partner uh, like Andretti with as much experience as they have especially now you know, winning the first form of the E race, finishing second in the second round, and being a being a strong front runner in, in almost every season series that they run in, there's a lot of um a lot of learning to be had between all those programs. And they are super open to that. So the access to to all of that information is something that WTR can really uh really benefit from. So I think the partnership really does seem to go both ways, and it's been cool to see uh and hear how. Uh, we're already starting to learn a lot
0: from, from both sides. Uh, It's, it's really interesting. You know, Andretti has been in the, in racing news quite a lot, you know, not secret, not so secretly trying to get into formula one among all these other race series you've been talking about. So, uh, and the relationships they're building up and the partnerships they're building, it's, it's really kind of remarkable. So it's, it's cool to see you be a part of that in a way. And obviously quite nice that, they're a Honda IndyCar team, that makes that part of the partnership a lot easier as well. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but going into this season, you'd obviously you'd seen the car before it was officially revealed. You did testing in the car. How confident were you in the ARO six?
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, they they released a documentary, like a, a forty-five or fifty-minute documentary on YouTube of the sort of development process and the, I think it's called the origin story of the Air X06. And uh, it's cool because it does show how many struggles there were early on. The first day at the track, the car, we couldn't get the car rolling. <laughs> like just to get, release the clutch and get the car moving was such a struggle. <laughs> and I think we got one run in on the first day. Wow. And then we had to rush the car to Magneecore to do the first track test. Which it was again
0: very very slow going, and um, and that's WEC then that one.
1: That that was just where the car un- unloaded. So it was built in France. Uh, the first one was oh, was in gotcha, France. gotcha, okay. Um, and so uh, yeah, that was that was basically the shakedown, and to see where it came came from 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 that in I think that was you know October or so, and uh, or a little bit earlier, but just. Came such such a long way uh in a very short period of time to to finish a twenty-four hour without without any serious issues is is incredible. A
0: few years ago, you were racing with Penske, you were racing against Cadillac and Mazda. And Mazda had a turbocharged two-liter engine and had some issues with that engine for for a race or two. When you first found out that Acura's new engine was going to be smaller, not bigger, a 2.4 liter instead of a three and a half liter, were you ever nervous that you guys were going to become the new Mazda? <clears throat> <NASA>?
1: Oh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I think the first day that I saw the the engine and HPD is, I think before anything, it's an engine company. Like they, that's really their specialty and on the IndyCar side and everything that they've done, they're really specialists in IndyCar, in, in engines. And uh David Salters, who's the president of HPD, has a an amazing history. Uh he's a PhD in I think combustion or or something. And he uh he leads that team and comes from you know Ferrari Formula One and, and Mercedes and all these these amazing companies that that have built some amazing engines. And I think at from the from the top if he's making those decisions of you know what we're going to build um then you know I've got so much faith in in him and and all the people at HPD to build an amazing engine then you look at you know the big V8 uh obviously in the past from Cadillac like, you know was known for you know amazing torque and drivability and you know a small turbocharged engine you know sometimes struggles with you know turbo lag and the drivability isn't quite as good but now with this new gtp formula we have to follow a torque curve and everybody has to make the same torque at the same you know speed or rpm you know through the through the range and if you have a smaller lighter engine that's going to benefit you in other ways uh if if you can make if you can just meet that torque requirement and uh early on it was tough it was tough going i think it was a brand new engine from scratch, which I think many companies would shy away from. But uh, I think it, what's exciting is that HPD took the sort of bold route of starting with a clean sheet of paper. The arx five used an engine that had been used for, I think, ten or fifteen years or yeah, something.
0: And in I mean production car based, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And this one is a pure race engine, and uh, yeah, like I said, started with a couple bumps, and that's to be expected. But man, the engine is—it's uh, something to to be proud
0: of. Well, I'm I'm actually going to be talking with uh, Kelvin Fu about that engine in more detail later. I, I'm looking forward to digging into that because, yeah, uh, you know, I'm I'm a big nerd at heart, so it it's going to be fun talking about all those kind of little nitty gritty things, but. Yeah. From your perspective, how did that engine feel once you got those early bits sorted out? Did it did it feel strong? Because it's less about the power. It was more, in my mind, my concern was the durability.
1: Yeah, and um, they have such a strict uh, quality control uh, system in place at HPD that, you know, they do a really good job of making sure that all the parts are lifed properly and that everything that goes into the, into the engine is, you know, very, very fine tolerances and reliability wise, knock on wood, we've had a, you know, a solid, solid package so far, um, even throughout testing. But, uh, like, uh, as you said, the, the feeling of the engine is, is very nice. You know, the cars are huge and I think every bit of weight that we can get out of it is, is something that we're going to feel. Um, but the drivability, Everything's very tunable, very driver-friendly, and it's just, uh, you know, in such a short period of time, I think that's the biggest emphasis I have to say, is such a short period of time. Every time they made an update, it was something the drivers could feel, and we're always headed in the right direction, which is uh, such a positive.
0: How did your right foot adapt to hybrid power and having that new level of propulsion in different areas?
1: Yeah that's that's interesting. Uh on track, I must say, zero learning curve. It was almost identical to uh to a normal car just because of the strategies that the team puts in place to manage how the hybrid deploys and I'd say the left foot probably has to adapt a bit more because of the regen side.
0: Sure, um, yeah, yeah.
1: And then on pit lane, something that's really weird is because there's no noise or it's just that, you know, whirring noise of the electric motor, feeling wheel spin is really weird because you don't hear it. You, yeah, you okay. kind of lose that sense of, uh, of, of hearing.
0: Uh, yeah. You're used to the engine out. spinning up as the wheels spin up exactly. and you don't have that anymore. Yeah. And I,
1: you think as a driver, you think that you have all the feelings in the world. I can feel everything, but I realized really, very quickly, I rely a lot on sound.
0: well i mean hey it's it's one of your five senses the the best the best drivers use all the tools they have access to right and and what you hear is a big part of it that's a really interesting point ricky (laughs) is that you you lose you lose one of those senses in a way
1: yeah it was interesting
0: the roar comes qualifying comes a lots of things happen porsche's right there in qualifying but ultimately I know Portia squeaked one out, but it was basically you and Tom Blomquist going neck and neck. And at the end, Blomquist got it by about, what, a 10th? Yeah. How was the feeling at at qualifying?
1: Yeah, the two teams went for very different strategies. Um, We we decided just to go out, bang a lap quickly as possible. Um, I think, you know, we did six time laps or so and just trying to do the best lap we could. One set little fuel and and go for it and then uh the 60 decided to go for two sets which is new this year uh that you can you can change tires during qualifying and uh there's they did a really good job i think the the second set if that if the green didn't come out they were in trouble so you kind of compromise that first outing being a bit heavy on fuel to kind of get your bearings and learn for the second outing they were in a bit of a risky situation that that red came out because they didn't get that good shot on low fuel with the new set. And then the their green came out and he got one lap and hats off to him. He,
0: he really nailed it.
1: um And yeah, that got them the pull. But yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting this year to see how people interpret that.
0: And that's a good that's a good point to make. You actually held pole position for most of the session. It, it, Tom got it right at the end.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was sitting on pit lane, and everyone else on the timing stands like, "Don't worry, he's not going to go faster." <laughs> and you know, it's just a, a lesson to never be—you you cannot never expect what's going to happen in these in these qualifying sessions. And yeah, he he did a good job and sorted Tandy in the in the Porsche to to pit as well.
0: Yes. 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 But or Nasser, you know, I think it was Yeah,
1: Nasser.
0: Okay. Yeah. Philippe. Is it Philippe or Felipe? Because I, I, I know. Uh, I know my team is Philippe. Philippe. I don't know yeah. how, yeah, how yeah, Nasser yeah. likes to say it. But uh, well, speaking of that was, uh, you know, you get into the race and you've got, it's you and Philippe, but then you've also got um, Brandon Hartley and uh, Luis Delatraz. Don't yeah. know how, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but. Louis yes it's the french part of swiss switzerland isn't it yeah yeah how did the team like how did the race feel how did that come about it seemed like just as you mentioned at the top that you and you and meyer shank seemed to have the fewest amount of trouble but obviously it was just still very tough race 14 cautions
1: yeah it was uh it was very it was quite a grueling one actually it was a lot like a DPI 24 hour. I thought, you know, everybody would be laps apart from each other and it'd be kind of smooth sailing battle of attrition sort of, sort of flow to the race. And it was a battle all 24 hours. Uh, our team, as you mentioned, our driver lineup, amazing. I could not ask for more from teammates. They were all excellent teammates and everybody got along great. I think we all bonded very well and worked well together. Um, Throughout the race, it was uh, interesting how the track sort of evolved. It was started; it kind of was opposite to previous years, where the daytime the track was the best, and at nighttime the track was really, really slow, almost Olympic speed at times. Um, was
0: it? Was there a dramatic temperature change? It
1: it always is, but normally the track gets really quick when it gets cool, and this year it was the opposite. We huh. we got much slower, um, and then also in addition to that. A uh, big learning curve was double stinting tires, uh, which you know oh. we had we've never had so few tires to do a 24-hour race. So that was interesting.
0: Was this a new tire? It was it's still a Michelin, but it, it was a new compound.
1: Yeah. yeah, very, very new. Uh we actually had two compounds. We had a, a hot conditioned tire and a cold condition tire. So the cold is basically a little softer and but didn't change the fact that you had to double stint both of them. And uh yeah, they, they did a lot of work uh Basically, we used to get 31 sets for the weekend, and this this year, I think for the race, we were only allowed to use 15 or 16 sets or something. Wow, so it, was, it, was, uh, wow. it was a lot less tires.
0: Was there a strategy playing out of how you guys were going to get ahead of meyer Shank? I mean, it's, it seemed like just as you were saying, it was a 24 hour battle, and you guys were pretty much neck and neck the entire race. There were times when Cadillac was right there. There were times that Porsche snuck in. I think BMW did lead the race once at one point, but as you said, they were not consistently in front. Um, from a strategy point of view, were you guys just keeping a close eye on Meyer Shank?
1: Yeah, um, actually, we we lost a few laps there uh, in the middle of the night, having to fix the oil fill. Yeah, you Um, guys did. You had
0: to go to the garages at one point, didn't you? Yeah,
1: exactly. And then there was a six hour period with no yellows and we didn't get any laps back. Um, And then up until about two hours to go, we were still a lap down. And then we got the lap back and really chased. And then Philippe had an unbelievable last stint where, you know, he got the lap back, raced through the entire field to second and then had two shots at the end on restarts to uh, battle with with the sixty, but uh, the sixty was just strong at the end. And um, Philippe did everything he could. I just don't. I, we actually wanted to change the rear wing at, at some point, and when we went to change it uh, Sunday morning, it did, the new one didn't go on. We wanted to trim out a bit for for Sunday morning, and uh, so we were stuck a bit with a bit too much downforce. So uh-huh. I think that would have helped Philippe. Uh, to to maybe make a move, but in the end, uh, you know, that's the way, that's the way these races work out. And hopefully uh, next year when we, if we go for that strategy, then, you know, hopefully we've learned something to to not have the, have that piece break inside the gearbox.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that would be good. Um, Do you, in years past, the DPI era, the Orica was very strong on the smooth tracks and smooth tracks meant a track where you could really run a low ride height and maximize the underfloor downforce. And that made it a really strong car. Bumpier stuff made it a lot weaker. This car was more purely developed for IMSA. Mm -hmm. Is this going to be a stronger car at the bumpier races? Is this going to still, or are you still kind of following the same path? The smoother the track, the happier you are.
1: Um, I hope. I hope so. I think you know there were a lot of notes taken through the DPI era, and uh, the designers worked really hard to give us something with more adjustability for those uh, rougher tracks. And the car definitely works at a higher ride height. All of the GTPs do. Um, so I don't. I don't think it'll be as sensitive. But it'll be interesting when we go to Sebring, just as we didn't know everybody's performance before Daytona. I think it's going to be another complete reset. We don't know what. Each race is going to be like this yeah. year, yeah sure um it could be a complete opposite. It could be cata electric for granted what they had with the d p i and now they've built a car that likes what we used to like, so it could flip, who knows
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. well, it certainly it is no doubt going to be fan- a fantastic season um having the Americans and the Japanese run away from the Germans in <laughs> endurance car racing was i mean just really kind of incredible to see. And there had to be at least, come on, at least two or three seconds of smug as you were passing your old Penske folks, be I mean, like, "Oh, <laughs> hey guys." Yeah, it was. It
1: was odd. It's always odd to see uh, the Penske car, especially the number seven, being driven by other drivers. <laughs> it yeah. was the first time, like you, like you kind of alluded to that. That I haven't been in on when they've been in sports car racing. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's funny to see them them back, and it's cool to see such you know, a high-level program that they're running and and we're still uh, so competitive. So it's it's really
0: nice. So IMS is going to be fantastic, it, 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 seriously, and we've got a lot of really interesting, like, manufacturer level. I mean, this is second to Formula One only in terms of manufacturer involvement in a lot of ways, maybe Formula E. But it's also not the only thing you've got going on. It was announced recently an IndyCar test. Dude, that's really fantastic. I'm, I'm. I when when I first read that, I was genuinely. It's like I know him. He's going to drive any. Car. I I felt a part of it almost. I'm so excited for you. How how are you feeling about it?
1: Ah, uh, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Uh, I I think I honestly found out about it the same way you did on the on the internet. <laughs> um, that's one thing I've learned. I I only met Michael Andretti recently. Uh, you know, formally when we were kind of leading up to Daytona and uh he mentioned that he wanted to test me sometime in an Indy car. And people say that all the time. People say, Oh, we'd love to test you sometime. And, and nothing ever happens. Yeah, I think the difference with the Andretti group is when they say something, they really mean it. Um <laughs> And so when, he, when he told that to me the first time I kind of kind of brushed it off, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. And, and now it comes down <laughs> in, the, in the press and it's like, Oh man, he was, he wasn't messing around. So it's exciting. Um Obviously, my focus is still very much on on sports cars at the moment. Uh, but yeah, was, uh, uh, I was very flattered and, and honored to be uh, to be offered.
0: Is there is there anything you can share about when it's going to happen, where it's going to happen?
1: I don't know any details. <laughs> I uh, you know I I just uh, I know that I need to probably get into the the weight room a little bit because uh, I've got <laughs> the sports car body still, and uh, I don't know if I'd last a full day at the moment. <laughs>
0: I, some, uh, I mean, you know, there is a look, man. There's um, there's some. Uh, oh boy, how do I? I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be appropriate here. You would not be the oldest person to drive in any car. I'll just leave it at that. Good point. Your 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 young back will carry you. I am I am confident. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, at, where wherever you end up, I do hope it's a it's a track you're familiar with, so that you don't have too many variables to have to learn all at once, and um. When you get a chance to do that, I will be very curious to talk to you and kind of hear your opinion of how the two compare and contrast against each other. The IndyCar is smaller, it's lighter, and it's more powerful, so should be should be fun, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's faster in every way, so it, it could be really interesting.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'll, uh, I'll be interested about all those things as well.
0: Well, Ricky Taylor, it's always an absolute pleasure to talk with you. And it's always nice to get a little bit of that Florida warmth through the screen here up here in Michigan. It's a touch cooler. And uh, always appreciate your insights. And I wish you absolutely the best of luck at Sebring. Great. Thank
1: you, Robin. Thanks again for having
0: me. Always great to get Ricky Taylor's perspective. Thank you, Ricky. And I've got another interview for the next episode. I chat with Vice President at Honda Performance Development, Kelvin Fu, and we talk a little bit more about the technical side of this new GTP class and how the car performed from his perspective. And yes, please do check out the Four Sigmatic stuff. I genuinely like that stuff a lot, and it's really cool that they're offering the discount that they are. So I really appreciate it if you give that a close look, give that a try. I've been using it for more than a year now, really enjoy it. And, uh, if you do it, it supports the podcast. And I really do genuinely think you'll like it. And yes, it's only been a few days since my last podcast, but I did come out with a new YouTube video. It is on the 2023 Honda Accord. This is the 11th generation Honda Accord brand new for this year. And yeah, there's a lot of new about it. So definitely worth taking a watch. And yes, there's a lot of Honda going on this week. (laughs) Just kind of how things fell. Anyway, I want to thank you for listening. Please take a moment to review us on iTunes or on whatever platform you get our podcasts. Please leave comments on the episode of your choice by going to funwithcars.com. As always, I can be reached at feedback at funwithcars.com and tweet us at fun underscore with underscore cars. I'm Robin Warner. Goodbye.